I think the best way to describe open source is um, as a movement, um, as a, a a movement of people who are passionate in um, building infrastructure. Hi, I'm Sanskar and welcome back to my channel. For those of you who are new to my channel, please consider subscribing as I bring out regular content and tech content for everybody. Well, Max is a freshman at the University of Illinois and I got the opportunity to work with him at the Hack Illinois Open Source Fellowship where his team stood the first place. So I thought, why not? Let's invite him and pick his brains on how he contributes to open source and stays motivated and contributes regularly and consistently. Also, if you want to contribute to open source, there are some tips and tricks for beginners who want to unlock career opportunities and excel and contribute to open source. And listen until the very end and share views. Listen in. So hey Max, welcome to this podcast. Thanks for joining in. How are you? What's up? Life is good. Huh. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Finally, we meet after, you know, the time zone difference and all. Finally, we were able to find a time slot that works well for both of us. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. So Max, uh, my first question to you is that I looked at your GitHub profile and you had over a thousand contributions in the last year so how do you keep up with it and how do you find motivation to keep contributing and stay active um i think it helps if you're actually interested in what you're doing um i i make a lot of my projects um for myself um because i'm interested in in some topic, um, I want to play around with the new programming language. Um, I want to implement something. Um, I want to learn, learn the algorithm. Um, so that helps. Um, it also helps that yeah. uh, I have a job that uses the version of code on GitHub. Um, it's all open source, um, and so that means every time I do stuff for work, I usually uh, it's usually public and usually is committed. So yeah, great, great. So Max, if you want to explain open source to a beginner, let's say a five-year-old, six-year-old, and they don't know what is open source, and you know you want to convince them that you should contribute to open source, so how will you explain it to them? I think the best way to describe open source is um, as a movement, um, as a, a, a movement of people who are passionate in um, building infrastructure. I, I, think, I think open source software is very much like um, public roads or or other kind of public infrastructure because open source software um, is a foundation on which all other software is built. Um, if you look at like Linux, I think uh, some absurdly high percentage of servers run run Linux, right? Um, and that started off what as yeah. a as a side project by by Linus Torvalds, right? So yeah. um, open source is this kind of magical community where where um, you get to build. Uh, tools uh not for like in, in to, to help line someone else's pockets but to um kind of give back to the community and to uh kind of really provide a, a public utility um and and you also have fun along the way so i think um the reason yeah. why someone should could contribute to open source is because um what you're really doing is um i think well I think open source uh, software building should be viewed as a, as a civic civic task, civic duty for all software engineers um, because it really helps to um, maintain our, I mean, if you like that, like if you go with the public infrastructure analogy, you're really maintaining kind of open source infrastructure. 
I got curious. I thought, you know, why not why should I why not? I, I would I would love to meet uh, other open source enthusiasts, maintainers, yeah. etc. and yeah, that, that's that's why I applied. Um the Hack Illinois open source um mentorship fellowship, I forget what they call it. Um I think they use it too interchangeably. Um the idea is to kind of foster foster um op- new open source con- contributors who are uh, kind of um, also passionate in open source. So you have like mentors who are paired with kind of relative newcomers um, and uh, the mentors mentor the newcomers. So um, that way you kind of build the community. Um, And I thought that sounded like a pretty cool idea. Yeah. So you worked on the project LLVM and you stood first. So could you please explain about what LLVM is first? LLVM is probably best described as a, a compiler uh, ecosystem. Um, LLVM right. is composed of of many different uh, sub-projects. Probably the one of the most visible sub-projects is Clang. Um, Clang is a C, C++ compiler. Um, but LLVM is also uh, has a bunch of other projects. And um, one of the kind of more experimental projects that uh, my mentor uh, is the de facto maintainer of um, is Poly, which is a you can think of it as basically loop optimizer. So you have um, like four loops in your programming language. Um, turns out, you know, when you have four less bunch of nested for loops, when they make the inside for loop a little faster, it it has you know exponential effects. Um, oh. So uh, it the idea is um, you can use um, certain optimization techniques. To, to ensure kind of uh, cache locality in, in your loops um, and uh, get get slightly better for loops. But because because if you have nest, like doing matrix multiplication, you have lots of nested for loops, um, that that little improvement can net like significant improvement. Um, and also, Poly also um, and OpenMP, which is another kind of subproject playing, also kind of work to um, uh, I think the term is auto vectorize uh, for loops. So, like sometimes yeah. when one iteration of the for loop does not depend on the other, you can kind of do it in parallel. Um, and if you can detect that there's no such dependency, um, you can automatically do it in parallel. So essentially, the idea is we can give speed ups to the to the end user for free. Uh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So Max, on reading through your group's messages, I found out that a couple of your teammates fell sick during the fellowship and you were the sole contributor. So how did you stay motivated, stay focused? As in, you know, it can rub off sometimes when your team members who are supposed to help you, but they're not helping. So how did you manage that? Well, it was great that our tasks were kind of, we did not depend on each other. So our tasks were discrete, oh. small units. Um, and uh, Michael was very supportive, my, my mentor. Um, yeah. and so I, I had all I needed. Um, and... Yeah, yeah. I tried to help out some of my um, fellow mentees. Um, actually, met up with a few of them um, in person. So. Oh, great! That's great. 
Yeah. So Max, any tips for beginners? Any special tips that because you have over a thousand contributions, so you have any tips for beginners? Uh, I mean, don't try not to write code for the sake of writing code. Uh, try not to learn algorithms yeah, for the sake of learning algorithms. Um, at least when you're starting off, uh, write code because it's relevant to your a particular interest of yours, right? Um, if you're interested yeah. in, um, for example, uh, uh, I mean music or a kind of art, you can use code to generate art. Um, I have uh, some friends who got into um, computer science via making their own games. They they were, you oh, know, kind of great. gamers. Um, I think they started off making like Minecraft plugins, um, oh, wow. you know, and then and then they kind of they they, they after that they're like, well, I want to make my own game. And then they got better and better. And then <laughs> I think they ended up making up their making their own ray tracer and a few other kind of cool projects. Oh, that's great! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you you kind of you you should not see kind of learning how to code as your end goal, um, but rather something exciting you do along the way to 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 accomplish your kind of main kind of interests. Um, and I think that'll make it a lot more fun because um, you you really you can't you can't really learn something well unless you're having fun. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, totally agree. So on listening to this answer, I want to know what are your hobbies? What do you like to do outside of coding? What are your <laughs> hobbies? Well, um, I like to play chess. Uh, not that I'm, I'm not super good, um, but I like to play chess. I, <laughs> I was president of my school, my high school's chess club. Oh. Uh, but I, I also like reading a lot. Um, I'm interested in um, politics. Um, actually, my, my job um, uh, involves analyzing uh, uh, the kind of par partisan and racial gerrymandering uh, or bias in, in maps. Oh. Um, I don't know if you uh, heard of gerrymandering. It's kind of a problem in the in the United States uh, political system no, where. So <laughs> essentially, uh, not not to get into the details, but like the idea is um, uh, you have districts uh, in in America. Where yeah. everyone in the district elects their politician to represent them. Oh, yeah. um, the the issue is the politicians also draw the district lines, so they can draw the line oh. in a way that's favorable to them, so that their party will always win, yeah, or yeah, yeah. more likely to win. I get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, so <laughs> the problem is, uh, I guess it's hard to kind of objectively say whether or not a map is biased towards one political party or another, or for for one race or another. Um, even though we know it can be okay. possible, it's hard to objectively make statements about whether or not the map is politically is politically racially kind of biased to um, disenfranchise a group of people. Um, and uh, there are kind of algorithmic and computational techniques you can you can use to make those kind of statements or to, to kind of help those make those kind of arguments. Um, and those arguments, okay. um, if you have enough kind of uh, if you can make if you can make strong statements like this map is, you know, gerrymandered uh, for to benefit this party, and if you can if you, if you can prove such statements um, in court, uh, then it can lead to kind of results where maps are declared uh, illegal uh, and overturned. So, so uh, what I do is I um, kind of work on some software that that does that does that um, as part of a kind of a research uh, lab. So, um, yeah, that I, I so I do I'm interested in politics is. Is kind of the the long. Oh, well, that's short very interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. So, Max, you are in university, right? Yeah, yeah. 
so how are your school years did uh, were you always inclined towards coding or did you build it eventually well i'm a freshman um uh, i i was i got interested in in coding kind of seriously um the like i think one year into high school um so okay. like three four three and a half maybe years ago um and then it's just a little bit of an inception um so that, that's kind of how how it turned out which language did you start with <laughs> bash 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 shell, oh. shell scripts yeah 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 shell scripts um and then um one of my friends introduced me to python and i, I was like oh this is great um <laughs> and then i then i realized oh wow uh, there are a whole lot of other languages out there um yeah, and yeah yeah <laughs> a whole lot um I think I really like Haskell. Haskell is, I think, one of my favorite to work with. Um, Haskell and Rust. Um, I think I, I'm probably most, uh, I guess, fluent is the right word. I'm most fluent in Python. Um, but I, any excuse I get to learn um, more stuff in Rust or just to, to use Rust, uh, I'll, I'll jump at that. Um, and any any chance to write stuff in Haskell, I'll also jump in that. The problem is, not a lot of other people are kind of like people in the lab are not really a big fan of me writing code in Rust or Haskell because, well, <laughs> um, I think at work you get you have different priorities with uh, you know you you want other people to be able to read your code base. So, yeah. yeah. What I think is that Python basically, you know, it's it overlaps things in such a way that a student cannot you know gain the concepts behind it he just you know grabs the thing at the surface layer you can't go deep in python that's what i believe that what's your point of view with python i think with python you can actually you can do quite nice you can do pretty complicated abstractions um like I mean, it's a fully fledged OOP language. Um, you can do a decent amount of functional programming with it. Um, it's, I mean, they're like, you know, it's 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 not like the best OOP language. It's not the best functional programming language. Yeah. Nowhere near the yeah. best, right? But uh, it's a good, I would say, like prototyping language, and it's a good like um, language uh, for beginners because it, like, you're right. You don't have to get into how how the how like the interpreter or the Python interpreter actually works. Like you like you'll never have to learn um, like memory yeah, management I, in Python. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> there are, there are cases where you you don't understand how it works, but for, by and large, you can get by without understanding how the Python garbage collector works or something like that. Yeah. Max, so what are your future plans? Anything you're planning for the future? Future plans. Uh, getting through school. I think is a is a, is a good future plan. <laughs> That's a good um, plan, yeah. I I don't know. I want to be an entrepreneur. So I I think That's after great. after I graduate or maybe you know some sometime in the next couple of years, um, I I may like I I don't know I I I I like um I like working on group projects. So I I think that joining a startup or starting a startup uh, would be kind of my immediate to short-term future. Great, great, great. Okay, Max, anything you want to add? I think I'm 
And then my question back, <laughs> anything that you have for our listeners, for our audience, student entrepreneurs, you want to add? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, not really. I, I think that you had pretty a pretty comprehensive question list. Um, I, I think people shouldn't get discouraged when they um, kind of say, oh, there's like, well, they see there's so much to learn in CS. Um, yeah. I think uh, it's all very approachable if you... Uh, take it one step at a time um i mean when i first started out i was like oh this python language looks cool looks confusing but looks cool and i i was like well i'm gonna make it my goal to to write all all my stuff in python until i, I really get it and so here i am now i understand i think i understand <laughs> python quite well yeah. I, you know learned all the all the kind of fancy metaprogramming tricks and all that um but i i think that uh the best way to pick up a language is just to, to just code in it. Don't be afraid. Like, I think people should not like. Uh, some people like to study languages like abstractly, like like read read through the documentation and then read through like the tutorials before yeah, writing yeah. code. I think yeah. the first thing they should do is write code. They should just write code, write more of yeah, it, exactly, and learn all the concepts they need along the way. Exactly. Also, one thing I want to add to this is that, you know, we need to give it time because coding takes time. In in this fellowship only, I had an you know error with Docker. I wasn't able to run my project locally, and I asked this uh, you know error to my mentor, to the to the ones who are maintainers of the project on GitHub. Even they couldn't help me out. So I realized that even if you are into coding for a long period of time, then also you will face errors, which will give you pain, which will give you headaches. So you can't be discouraged by that. You just need to face it and. Keep trying, keep on exploring. That that's the only way you'll get to the end goal. Yeah, I also, in terms of advice for like beginner to intermediate uh, people, I think it's important to understand and really fully, uh, I don't know, get familiar with the tools you use. Um, so, I mean, I'm a Emacs user, um, and I. I think it's very like I I believe like that you should be very deliberate about the tools you pick. I I started off I think with I mean, Atom, and then I used VS Code for a bit. Then I used Sublime, and then I used Vim, and then finally I settled on Emacs. So there, there's a long journey to get here, but like I think be it's okay to be picky with the tools you use because if you're gonna be like you know sitting in an IDE where that like editor for hours and hours on end, if that's gonna be your kind of like if you're think of yourself as a craftsman. If you know a carpenter does not know how to use a hammer, that carpenter is not going to have a very happy time building houses, right? Um, so you should really understand the tools you use. You should understand them well. You should, you should be okay to kind of spend the time, the upfront investment into learning your tools and really understanding your tools and trying out new tools. Um, and I think uh, if you do that, um, you'll see lots of kind of productivity gains later on, and it's really important. Um, and I, I, I think that that's what kind of, that's my philosophy. Um, you, you should like, especially if you, if all you do is you co is code, or like all, like you, you code a lot, like you really, you really got to learn how your IDE, IDE works, all the idiosyncrasies of your IDE. You got to learn what plugins work for you, what plugins don't work for you. Um, you got to really kind of always be focused on ensuring that you're maximizing productivity because no one likes to like. Uh, you know, deal with like a kind of environment issue because you're like 
I don't, I don't know, Python, right? You, Python environments are a little bit of a mess, right? But you, yeah. so you, if you don't understand how virtual env works, then um, you're going to have a really painful time working on different projects and so on and so forth. Yeah, love the carpenter analogy, though. <laughs> yeah. Basically, listeners, what Max is trying to say is that you need to spend time with your fundamentals. You can't skip to the, you know, with tech, there's always new things coming out. You can't just jump onto things. You need to strengthen your basics, strengthen your fundamentals, and then you can move forward whichever direction you want. Right, Max? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, with regards to, like, a lot of people think, oh, you have to kind of buy a fancy laptop or use, like, the latest hardware yeah. to code. And that that is totally not the case. Um, I think in 10th grade or 11th grade, there was a solid six months where I was using a Chromebook. Um, and that was because I the Chromebook battery it's fantastic. The battery life is fantastic. And if you are just remotely SSHing into a server and doing all your work on a server, um, like actually a Chromebook fits your needs perfectly. Uh, a cheap $150 Chromebook, if you drop it, you break it, sure, it's fine. It's, you know, it's not, it's, 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 you know, it's cheaper. <laughs> yep. um, and it, battery life is fantastic. So, so I have to say like, you don't have to get like a super expensive, fancy computer or whatever. Um, it, you can like I saw I saw this article on, on um, Hacker News where someone was learning how to code on like a kind of cheap like 10 20 year old like phone or something like that and they they hooked up like a keyboard to to the phone and they they, they like they put the phone in front of their face and they just code on the in the terminal of their like like Android phone that's like 10 years old or something and I was thinking like if that guy can do it um, certainly you don't need the latest like Apple M1 Max yeah. Pro <laughs> you don't new generation thing. whatever fancy yep. thing. Yeah. Great Max, great. It was great having you. Great listening to your insights, to your experience for our listeners as well. I'm sure they will get a lot out of it and start contributing to open source and also help others to start contributing to open source. It was great having you here Max.